If, if you can't sell a furnace for 10,000, you cannot sell one for five. I'm just telling you. That's how it is. And um, these are very basic principles that you need to learn. Guys, it is easier to it is easier to learn sales, in my opinion, than it is to learn the technical side of our trade. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your host, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host, Nate, and just Nate today. That's right. Brian is off. I'll get to that in just a minute, but uh, he's not able to join us for this intro. He will be with us later for the interview that we have coming up, and that's with our main guest today. That is Gene Slade. We're going to have a great conversation with him today to talk about none other than in-home sales, baby. It's going to be good stuff. And we're going to turn to myself for the quote because Brian's not here. And so this is a short one. It's by Babe Ruth. And it just says, yesterday's home runs don't win today's games. And it's a constant reminder that no matter what we are doing, we always have to improve. We can't rest upon the laurels of yesterday. We have to always be pushing forward and reclaiming today and whatever the events or the objections that are going to come our way. It's going to be a great show. Looking forward to it. And because of that, we're going to spend a whole lot of time in the intro here. I do want to just pause here and explain why Brian is not joining us. For reasons unbeknownst to everybody in the world, despite moving to Arizona with a climate of 125 degrees Fahrenheit, he is caught in a snowstorm and cannot join us for the introduction. That's right. A snowstorm. It boggles the mind why one would move to the desert where literally plastic trash cans melt and yet somehow still managed to find himself stuck in a snowstorm. It is clearly, clearly something to be concerned about. And we are very concerned for not only his health, his safety, but also his state of mind as he is now trapped in a hotel with nothing but his family and the Detroit Lions to watch suck on national television. Regardless of that, please send prayers, hopes, and other kind things his way as he endures such a difficult difficult situation. His family's fine. It's, it's the Detroit Lions that I'm really concerned about, but he'll push through and I'm sure he'll be able to join us for the interview with Gene. And we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, and what we're going to be talking about today is of course sales. And so in-home sales is one of Gene Slade's specialties. He's been on the show a number of times before. In fact, if you're interested in that, please make sure you go back and check out the episodes. There's actually two of them from October 25th, 2021, where he talked about jargon, the best sleeping pill, and June 28th, 2021, where he talked about helping other people get what they want. Both of those were excellent episodes, especially the jargon one, which I know Brian has made required listening uh, for his crew at his shop there in Arizona. Hopefully he's even able to get back to his crew, which is really in doubt now because of this desperate snowstorm in the middle of the desert, but somehow he'll find a way. We know that. Another person who's going to find a way is Gene Slade, and he always does find a way to overcome objections, and he does it so in, in such a way that is clever, 
and makes you just really ponder what he's going to be talking about. Looking forward to getting to know more about what he's been doing at uh, not only his sales training, but also just what he's been doing in general. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of those things with him in a minute. For right now, though, it is that special time of the week. And because Brian's not here, I get to be the one who picks the review. Of course, we're going to look for a little chirp review because why wouldn't we? Uh, but sadly, there was none recently to to read. So, <laughs> so it looks like we'll have to stick with this one. Uh, from JPMB125, a little less on the uh, creative juices there on the name, but we'll take it. It says, unlock success, five stars. To succeed, cultivating the right attitude and maintaining consistent process is key. And these guys know this. If you have the drive to expand your horizons and accomplish more, their podcast provides essential insight you need to set yourself up for success. Thank you, JPMB125. Appreciate that. And uh, we're always grateful when you and anybody else takes the time to write us a review, let us know how we're doing, give us some feedback. Um, five stars, we appreciate that. Of course, call Brian out, tell him that you know he talks too much because we all know that. Um, and so really, I would love to see a lot more reviews that say, would rate this six stars, but Brian's on the podcast. So please make sure you add that into next week's reviews and we'll try to get to them as quickly as possible. I'll of course even front load them. If I see one of those come in, I'll front load that because we're going to cut that review up to the front of the line because it's so important and so critical. For right now though, we're going to turn our attention to Mr. Gene Slade, who is also so critical and so important. And we're going to put him in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Gene Slade. He is the CEO and main trainer at Lead Ninja, as well as many other entities that he's doing. He's been in the business for decades now. He started off in HVAC and mastered the IAQ sales process. He's run businesses and has spent the last number of years traveling around the country training and providing online training as well. Uh, like I mentioned, he's been on the podcast before, so you can go back and listen to more of his bios there if you care to. But for right now, we're going to welcome Gene to the show. Welcome here, buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate you and Brian having me on. You guys are the bomb. I've, got, I've had so many people that have told us that they they have heard us on the Waste No Day podcast, so you guys are really, really getting traction from what I've seen. So congratulations on that, guys. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you, man. You were you were instrumental in that in the beginning because I don't I don't know if you remember. Yeah, right. Like Gene doesn't remember this, but your first episode was number one in downloads on Waste No Day for what, like six months, Nate? Yeah, I had a long run until I want to say it was Brandon Voss knocked it out. Yeah, well, I'm just going. I'm just going to say that you guys had a larger listenership at that at that point, and Mike was just buried. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I want to say it might have been Brandon uh, Chris Foss's son, who's the president of the Black Swan yeah. Group. Who most uh, I would say like eighty percent of the people I've talked to about both episodes said uh, Brandon's episode was far better than Chris's because he really dug into the role play and like was was very engaging and exciting. You know, I've um, watched so a lot of Chris's like stuff. Yeah, I love Chris Voss's stuff, and I haven't spend as much time observing Brandon. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to just put that on the, the checklist. Maybe I'll send, maybe that'll I'll be send my... you a really good episode of his. Don't worry. Sweet. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I need uh, the distraction for sure. It'll, it'll probably sound a lot like this format. Uh, you might even hear Nate and Brian in there. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't lean too you, far to your right, man. You're going off the screen, Brian. <laughs> see, it's always a sales a sales guru who's checking me for that. Brian Tracy beat me up for it too. I'm only saying it because Brian did. <laughs> Nate, what are you going to say, Brian? Well, Gene, it's been a while since we've had you on. In fact, it's uh, it's actually over two years. The last time you were on, you were talking about jargon, uh, the best sleeping pill, and that's back from October yeah. 25 of 2021. You actually did two episodes that year doing a master series on helping other people get what they want uh, back in June of that year. So it's been a minute, and we're excited to talk to you again because we always know you bring good content regarding sales, closing, and all things in between. Uh, but before we jump into the content here, for those of you, uh, for those of our listeners, I should say, who who maybe are not familiar with you or or who have kind of uh, forgotten who you were from the last time they heard you, why don't you give us a little bit of a uh, a preview about your life, your bio, you know, how you got into what you're doing and everything there. Sure, sure. So I'll, I'll give you the quickest elevator uh, speech that I can. So I grew up around the trades. My father owned his own air conditioning company. My uncle owned his own plumbing company. And when I was 11, the summer of me turning 11, my father said, boy, you want food? You want clothes? Come to work. Um, He was a one man in a truck guy. Occasionally he had a helper, but I was cheap labor. So he threw me in the passenger seat every morning and we went to work. And um, after I'd say three, four years of his tutelage and teaching, I was ready to go out on my own when I was 15 and do installations. So he hired a 21-year-old driver for me to, for me to train on the installation side. And I became the second truck in our business. Um, I ended up going off to school, went to college for wrestling, and uh, had an accident there where I broke some of my ribs. And so I ended up coming back to Michigan, getting back into the HVAC side of uh, the trades and did installations, ended up eventually working my way up into getting a sales position because I was installing a job one day and I was making about 40 grand a year at the time. And this is back in the early 2000s. And I heard that the salesman who had no experience in HVAC was making over a hundred grand a year at the time. And it just blew my mind. And I was like, that's the job I need. Because as a kid, I was always budgeting, you know, like I, I was a math kid. So I'd be sitting in school And I'd be calculating how much do I need for a house? How much do I need for a car? Like I was always trying to figure it out. And, and that hundred thousand dollar number was like an elusive number for a lot of people back then. Right. And so I decided that I wanted to go out and get into sales and eventually ended up doing that. Um, Several years later, ended up moving down to Florida, helping a company grow Uh, in Tampa. We became the eighth fastest growing company in all industries in all of Tampa Bay. And then one day I was the, general manager of the company and I was training everybody and I had recently went and taken my contractor's exam. Now, mind you, I didn't have any books. I just went to see what was on the exam and I accidentally passed it. And my boss found out that I passed the (laughs) test. Yeah, it was an accident, Brian. I was just going to look and see what was on the test. I just wanted to kind of get a preview and uh, I ended up passing it, son of a gun. And like four days later, my bosses pulled me into the office and said, your services are no longer needed. And I was like, why? And they're like, well, you passed your contractor's exam. I'm like, how do you know that? I didn't even get it in the mail. Right? <laughs> I haven't even gotten any of that stuff. And I don't have a license. You know, it's one, th- it's one thing to pass the test. It's a whole different thing to go through the process of setting up a business, right? 
So I was not ready to be in business. I didn't think I was, but I knew how to sell and I knew how to market. I was on a radio show for them and I was generating 30, 40 new customers a week for that company on talk radio. And so when I got fired, I said, you know, I had a five week old baby boy. Um, I had just signed a new lease for 2,100 bucks a month in a really great house there in Valrico, Florida. And I had a 50 mile non-compete. So I'm like, crap, I got to move at least 50 miles. Um, I got to teach another owner because look at the, at the end of the day, a lot of the owners out there that are 500,000, a million, $2 million, they just don't know a lot of the best practices. Right. And we'd grown from a million and a half to 7 million in three years under myself and another guy. And so I just had to make the decision. Do I go out and do that again for another company or, or, or do I go do it myself? And so I decided to go out. I didn't have any money. I literally been paying off all my debt. I had a hundred bucks between four bank accounts. So I ended up going and I took out 21 credit cards and I'm <laughs> like $75,000 in credit cards. And I moved to Southwest Florida, 120 miles South, started my own air conditioning company. And then boom, six years later, we were selling it for a seven figure profit. We were the 59th fastest growing construction company in the country, privately held. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was in my mid thirties. Right. And so I, I, at that stage of the game, I sold the company and I had a non-compete. So I was in semi-retirement and about five months later I started lead ninja, which ended up selling radio shows like I had been doing. And then once I started selling those radio shows, we had all these leads and technicians not closing them. And all the companies started having me come out showing how to close IAQ water treatment, stuff like that, which is part of the way that we ended up meeting. Right. And when I get coming out and doing an onsite with you guys. So now we, most of our business is training, um, salespeople, technicians, how to, you know, increase their average ticket, increase their closing rate, closing ratio and do it in an ethical, honest, moral and legal way, right? There's so much clean money in this business. You don't have to lie, cheat and steal. There's so many things that clients want if they just really know about them. And if you go about it the right way. So, I mean, that's where we're at today, and um, and we've got some awesome artificial intelligence stuff going on now for business owners, but that's that's really the journey, and where we are today is as concisely as I could put it. I hope that didn't take too long. Not at all. Uh, and it, it's because of that background, Gene, that uh, you bring so much to the show in terms of selling, and you've done it in the field. You've taught others to do it in the field with success and great success, I might add. And so that's where I want to start today. If, if it's okay with you, what I want to do is I want to I want to progress from the amateur, if you will, through kind of the years of experience and work our ways up to the people who are already succeeding at a high level, but just need that additional tweak. So as you've done your training, your one-on-ones, your group sessions, your live in-person events, all those types of things, when you come across some greenhorns, <clears throat> some amateurs, some, some uh, fresh meat, if you will, and you're looking at them and they're looking at you, what are some of the most common things that they are struggling with? Whether it's out of ignorance, like they just don't know, they don't know what they don't know and they don't know how to deal with it, or whether they're just blatantly doing it wrong because they think that this way is better and it's not. What are some of those things that the amateurs traditionally are struggling with and how can we begin to overcome them? 
Man, that's a great question. So the amateurs, <laughs> the amateurs, they they struggle with just not having a process at all most times. And like, think about if you're a business owner out there or you work for a company, do they actually have a training process where they bring you in once a week or twice a week or five times a week and, and show you how to answer the, the door or, or approach the door? Exactly what to say when the client says it's over in the garage, I'll hit the button and let you in. How to maintain control of the call. It's all about process that they don't have in the beginning, right? So that's one side of it. But as you were asking the question, I was also thinking a lot of what I look for in these people that come out to these events that we throw is are they humble and are they hungry? If a guy doesn't have those two characteristics, then to me, like I don't really even want to work with that person because I'm, I'm going to have a hard time breaking through and helping them. It's not that I want them to do what I say. It's that I want to see them achieve success and have the ability to pass that on to other people because that's where their joy will truly come from. But from a, from a process standpoint, that's a big thing. The other thing is, a lot of people have a misconception about what sales really is. It's not about being flashy and talking a lot. And isn't that what we a lot of times think about when we think about a salesperson? Yeah. Somebody's flashy. Somebody's got a silver tongue. Somebody's going to convince me to do something that I don't want to do and make me think I want to do it and that I'm going to feel bad about it afterwards. And that's not what a true professional salesperson is at all, guys. Like if a true professional salesperson walked into this room with three of us right now, we wouldn't even know that they were a salesperson. I I had a mentor used to say that true salespeople are chameleonic and they listen more than they talk. Um, So, and, and I also think that the, the amateur, as you call them, or the greenhorn, they, they're uncomfortable with silence, mate. That's something that you get more comfortable with as you become um, better at predicting what's going to happen and knowing that you have a solution to anything that the client is going to say. There's an anxiety that they have. And when they have that anxiety and they don't know which direction the call is going to go and they're anxious about that, they'll begin to talk more. And I don't know how you guys think, but I believe that you talk your way out of more sales than you will ever talk your way into. Yeah, so for sure. We're supposed to listen our way into sales. And I promise you, listeners, if you will truly learn how to listen to clients, they will tell you exactly what to say in order to get them closed. But you'll never be able to listen to them completely until you're confident that if they say, I want to think about it, you know exactly what you're going to say. If they say, I want to talk to my spouse, you know exactly what you're going to say. And you've accomplished, you've succeeded at getting a deal closed after they've said that in the past, right? So once you become truly confident with your ability to handle anything that a customer is going to say, which is not that hard because it's all patterns. I mean, doesn't everybody in the country here, I want to think about it. I got to talk to my spouse. I got to get other quotes. Your price is too high. Sure. I mean, aren't those the top four objections for everybody in the country? So I heard Andy, we were talking about Andy Elliott before we come on here, right? 
I, I was watching a video by Andy Elliott and Andy Elliott says, if somebody walked into this room and they walked straight up to you and they just slapped you right in the face and then they kept going and they walked around the room and you're like, what the hell just happened? Right. The next time that that person came by you in the room, would you be ready? <laughs> would you, would you be ready to block something? Would you be on high alert? Well, like a lead ninja customers. There you go. Right. Um, <laughs> Isn't that what's happening to you every day when the client says, I want to think about it, and you don't have a process to handle that? Like, Absolutely. So, th- that, Nate, those are the things that I think the biggest challenges that I see the, the new people coming into the industry and the greenhorns are having. So with that, uh, Gene, you mentioned that if you listen well to your client, they will tell you what to say. Give us an example of what that sounds like or, or how that actually plays out. Cool. So a client says, I want to think about it. And my first response to them is, you want to think about it? And then I shut up. So I've turned their statement into a question and reversed it, right? Now, I'm going to do this, number one, in the early stages of becoming a good salesperson in order to give myself a minute to think. But what it really does is gives the clients another opportunity to say something, right? Remember this, this is important. If somebody says they want to think about it, they already thought about it and they stopped thinking. It's a smoke screen. It's not a real objection. If it were free, would they need to think about it? No. So it's a price objection, but I got, I got to get the client to say that. So I'll ask a question and then I will listen. I'll give them more opportunity to talk. So they said, I want to think about it. I said, you want to think about it? They're like, yeah, we've made snap decisions in the past and and they haven't worked out for us. So we just like to think about things like this. Um, Got it. I might say, can you say more about that? (laughs) If I say, can you say more about that? They're going to open up and expand a little bit more. Maybe they even say, your price is too high. And I say, can you say more about that? Well, if they say my price is too high, is it, how do you know exactly what they mean? Couldn't they mean multiple things? Yep. Couldn't they mean I, this is higher than I had budgeted. Um, I don't have the money for this. My neighbor got one for five grand cheaper two years ago. Like uh, there's so many different paths that they could go. So when they say your price is too high and I say, can you say more about that? And I let them expand. Now I've got something I can handle. But if, if I just begin to play verbal tennis with them, your price is too high. And I just start selling and, and, and talking about why we're such a great company. I'm not getting to the root of what it is that their challenge is and what they're actually meaning. So I have to listen. I have to ask a question and listen. That's why I say, if you listen to a client, they will tell you how to close them. If they say, you know, my neighbor got one for 5,000 bucks cheaper. It's a different process. I'll at that, at that point say, would you like to know why more people choose one hour for this type of work, regardless of any difference in price? Of course, they're going to say, yes, I want to know. And now I get to brag about my company. If they say, um, it was, it's higher than I had budgeted. It's a different response, right? Got it. So did you want me to show you something that's cheaper Or did you want to do what most people do and put it on one of our easy payment plans, right? So it's different responses. And that's what I mean, Nate. And I don't know if we lost his internet or what, but Brian, like 
Um, that's what I mean when I say if you listen to a client, they'll tell you exactly how to close it. But again, you, you need to know the path to go down once they say what they say. But the good news for all of us is that there's only like 10 things or so that clients usually say 90% of the time. So if we can prepare for 10 things, holy cow, we can actually have the opportunity to be super successful. I mean, I'm talking doctor and lawyer money in the trades. How many, how many people do you have that you've trained? And let's say doctor lawyer money's over a quarter million dollars. How many people do you have that you've trained that are over that? I've lost count, bro. I've lost count. Like I, I, I literally just had a guy that just, I met him at 2.7 million a year and he literally just had his first million $50,000 month. So he he made a hundred thousand dollars in commissions in a month. So like, and, and we're working on getting him to a place where he's doing 10 plus million a year. So like the $250,000 is just not as much money as people think it is. Right. So uh, like, that's like nobody that gets certified through my, my company, nobody, and it's supposed to take 60 days. I've never had one person who's gotten a certification through our company that makes less than $150,000 a year. Um, and I think that the, the one that's making the least amount of money right now is just over 200,000. So it, it, it's, it's not what you, a hundred grand won't buy you anything anymore. My nanny makes almost a hundred grand. <laughs> I'm serious. Like inflation is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So I hate to do this. No, I don't. I love to do this to people. Um, Nate and I did an objections episode several weeks ago and it was me and, uh, the most uncomfortable situation I could be in, which is trying to talk Nate into something he doesn't want to do. (laughs) Which, In this case, when you do what you're about to do and you role play with Nate and you role play until you get him to a yes is making Nate do something he doesn't want to do, which is tap out. (laughs) Um, So I would like to see, and I, I know our listeners would love to hear, Nate giving the, um, given the, I got to think about it objection, kind of moving into the price objection and see, see where we go. You game. Yeah. All right. Ninja size. Yeah, hundred percent. No problem whatsoever. Let me wet my whistle with a breathe easy drink. <laughs> <laughs> so Nate's all like, Nate's all like, man, Gene, you've been here for like three, four hours. We're like 99% sure we're going to go with you guys, right? We just need to think about it, right? Isn't that what they always say? You've been so thorough. We love you. You're such a great salesman. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and he goes, we just really need to think about it. And I'll go, you need to think about it? I love the Chris. That's the Chris Voss mirror right there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think we can get it cheaper. You think you can get it cheaper? <laughs> Just over, <laughs> over, yeah. over again. He does that. And he talks yeah. about it and never split the difference that his son and one of the employees was like, let's get Chris and let's keep doing it to him. And he, I think he even told the story on, on Waste No Day episode 100, thank you very much, uh, on the show where he was talking about it, where I think Brandon and one of their employees just did it to him for like several minutes and he did not know they were doing it to him until they just started busting out laughing. 
said it's that effective that I you don't even Chris. you don't even know somebody's doing it to you when you halfway pioneered the thing, you know. It's amazing. And and one of the, my favorite things about him is going for the no. And we teach that all the time to present uh, prevent decision fatigue. But I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we, right. we should love, definitely touch on that. You know you know who Dylan Moya is, right? I don't. Do you know Dylan? Dylan's a three million dollar, probably three and a half million dollar uh plumber. Uh, okay. Out of Texas, I believe he's been on the show a couple times. Does a great episode. Um, we were in we're in the Waste No Day Facebook group, one of the chats, like the book recommendation chat. You know how you have these little side chats in the group, <clears throat> and um, somebody just said, "I'm reading, I'm reading, uh, Never Split the Difference Again." And Dylan caught me with with a mirror when I made a comment and. And I didn't realize it. And he laughed and di- and said, I did that. And I, he said, I mirrored you. And I said, you mirrored me? I mirrored him back. <laughs> just going, going down the line. And, and he laughed like several comments later and said, I just read back up and realized you got me. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, it was the same thing. I didn't realize he got me. I just immediately started explaining myself. And I'm like, son of a gun. They're so, even in a text, they're so effective. So, so don't ask, don't start explaining. Don't ask the client. You don't even have to ask them what they mean. Just, they say, uh, this is something that, that this is a serious decision for us. We're going to have to take some time. You're going to have to take some time. No matter what the thing is, just, just make, put the burden back on them to talk and let yourself relax and listen. And it's such a great, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's such a great way to calm down a little bit and just and listen and just be an and ear it, instead of a mouth. And it gives me some time if I'm an amateur salesperson to access the visual cortex of my brain and try to see what was on the script or the paper. You know what I mean? Every response that you guys have should be scripted. It shouldn't sound scripted, but it should be scripted. So Nate said, I wanted to think about it and I want, you want to think about it. And then Nate, what did you say? Like immediately you were like, you're going to give, you're going to give up on this easily for me. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's run. He was, <laughs> right? he was like something about uh, the price. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. All right, Nate, you're the client. <clears throat> all right. Um, Hey Gene. Yeah. I, I mean, this, this all looks good and well and everything, but you know, I, this is probably something that my wife and I are just going to have to spend some time thinking about, um, so I think that's that's what we're going to do for now, okay? That's not a problem. You're you're going to think about it. Yeah, well, I mean it's it's not that we don't don't like what we're looking at. I mean, I think there's some some things on here that could definitely be beneficial to our home. Um I'm just not sure the timing feels right for us right now. There's there's a lot of things going on, you know, we're considering doing a a house renovation and like you know, we're trying to figure out where our finances are going to come from that. And then of course, you know, we have, we have the holidays that we're considering as well. And, you know, there's just some uncertain, you know, I don't really want to get into it personally, but there's some uncertainty at, at, at my job as well. So it's, it's one of those things where like, I, I believe in what you're saying here, but there's a fair amount of uh, question marks on my end and I'm just not quite sure how to answer them right now. <laughs> so I would never be smiling while all this is being said, but holy shit, did you hear how much information I got from it? <laughs> Not and, just and, how much information, but how many objections you just spit out. One time. <laughs> but but they're but they're all they're but they're all in alignment with one thing, and that's money. That's right, right? 
one thing. Now, I do have to confirm a couple things with the client here. So I'll go, I got it. And that's not a problem, Nate. Um, before I take off, is there any doubt in your mind that this work needs to be done at this time? Um, no, I don't think I doubt the work needs to be done. Um, I'm, if I'm being frank with you, Gene, I, I feel a little questionable about how much it costs to do the work. It's not that I doubt what you're telling, you know, you're telling me stuff. You're, you're a nice guy. I'm sure you know what you're talking about. And I'm, so I, I believe you when you say this is something that needs done, you know, I've never done these things before. So, you know, this could be, this could be $2, $2,000, $20,000. I don't know. And like I said, it's just one of those things that I got to think about, you know, you need to play harder, <laughs> right? Cause he keeps <laughs> telling me it's the money and, and, and I want to I want to go down the full chain for people. I don't want to shortcut this for the listeners. All right, um, but immediately I could go towards the money there. But let's say that I said, "Is there any doubt in your mind that the work needs to be done?" And Nate's like one of those reserve guys. And he goes, "No, there's no doubt in my mind." <laughs> now, now I got to go. Why? Why do you feel that way, Nate? What would you say? Uh, you said there is no doubt in my is, mind. Is there any doubt in your mind that the work needs to be done at this time? No, there's no doubt in my mind. Why? Why do you feel that way? I mean, you made your case pretty plain that this is something that is going to be beneficial to not only our, our system, but our family. So I believe you. Do you see how he, he couldn't hardly come up with anything? So I'll have to go out. And let's say we're talking about a replacement here. I'll go, you know what? I, I agree with you. Plus, it's old. It's inefficient. The parts are hard to come by. When we can find them, they're really expensive. You can be without heating or air conditioning overnight or longer. So, sure, I agree with you. It definitely needs to be done. Right? We have to find out whether or not the client even feels like it needs to be done. Because otherwise, there's no chance of closing that deal. You can you can fight with the clients on objections all you want, but if they have if there's no need established, if they don't believe that something needs to be done, if they're not more uncomfortable with the way that things are right now than they're supposed to be, then you're pissing in the wind, right? Okay, so, so Gene, we, so we have we have some amateurs out there saying, "Well, hang on a second, Gene. Not every customer has a hard to come by parts old system that's clearly inefficient and not working." Sure. And so what if I what if I flip it around and say? Well, Gene, you know, if I'm being honest with you, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that this is something that needs to be done. Perfect. Perfect. We need to know that, right? Because once we determine that that's the case, we know that we did not get the customer to a place where they felt like something needed to be done before we tried to shove a product down their effing throat, right? And too many of our uh, technicians out there are just trying to sell a product. And that's where we go wrong. I, I don't believe in selling value as much as I believe in selling the problem, okay? You gotta talk about and sell the problem and get the client to come to a place where they're like, shit, something needs to be done about this. And then they ask you, and technicians, you've heard it a million times, what do we do about this? That's what happens when a client becomes concerned enough to feel like, okay, there's definitely a problem and I need to do something about it. But look, a lot of people's stuff is like, it's blowing cold, it feels good to me. Mama said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, don't touch it. Right. So the client right. has got to feel like there is a genuine need before we ever get to this stage of the game or you, you, you effed up the process already. 
right? And and that's what sucks about just handling objections is you can't really have a definitive conversation about objection handling without discussing the entire process. But since we're already here and we've, we've been to, I want to think about it. And I was like, you want to think about it? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of these other things. And I go, is there any doubt in your mind that the work needs to be done at this time? If you tell me, no, I got to go backwards. I can't handle objections anymore. I don't think so it needs to be done. So let's, let's start over. Let's do, let's, um, Gene, resist the urge to teach right now. All right. Okay. Nate. Well, Nate doesn't have to resist the urge. He's just like, let me get to bed. <laughs> this makes him so much better at role playing a client, boy. Let me tell you. If this was noon his time and not the, you know, 10 after 9 p.m., he'd be a much easier client. Let's start from scratch. Go yeah. through what comes out, comes out, and navigate through. And then let's end and then let's go back and um yeah, yeah. take turns pontificating a little bit on, cool. on what transpired. Does that sound good? For sure, man. This is your show. <laughs> Whatever you <laughs> well, want, I'm just because I'm like I'm, I'm loving I'm loving what you're saying, but I'm like I want to see it now. I want to hear it in action. You know, like I want to hear it play out from start to. Well, finish. we're close. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Um, <clears throat> hey, Gene. Yeah, you know, thanks a lot for everything you did today. Um, I appreciate you coming out here for a tune-up. You know, we believe in keeping our system well maintained. Um, from what I can tell, you know, you're putting some things here on the table. Uh, this is definitely something that I'll consider, uh, and I appreciate you informing me on things, but uh, we're good for now. So thanks a lot. Got it. Um, you're good for now? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, the system is working. We are getting warm air. We're nice and toasty. Um, I think what you have here on the table is definitely some uh, bells and whistles, and that's definitely something that we'll take a look at, you know, in the future. Got it. This part of the list right here, is there any doubt in your mind that it needs to be done? Uh, I mean, you know, doubt's a strong word. Um, I'm not sure I'd, I'd say doubt. Uh, just I'm not sure it needs to be done right now. Got it. And so, Brian, if he believes that it doesn't need to be done right now, I've got to go back to the beginning and i got to start establishing a need, right? So this yeah. doesn't work. This so you're presenting work. over. Right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So he's got to be to the place where he says, yeah, I believe that it needs to be done. And he's right, got to be hiding at, something. At your level, at, at we'll say at the level that we're at right now, Nate, for your sake, um, Gene's not closing if he, right? You're not going to move for a close if you don't think he knows it needs to be done. Not at all. Uh, there's no reason to do that because now I'm fighting the client. I'm not doing something for them. I'm doing something to them. Yeah, so let's go down the path of you're you're on board with it needs Nate. This is a price concern, buddy. All right, stay with us. Come on, I know it always <laughs> is because if it was free, they would just do it, right? He's going to go. Yeah. No, there's no doubt in my mind that it needs to be done, and I'm going to go. Why? Why do you? All feel right, that let's way? let's go down that road. Nate, you ready? <coughs> Nate, buddy, yeah. are you with us? Come on, buddy. Let's. I'm I'm let's here. Go. I'm Come on. I'm all in. I am all in. <laughs> price um, concern. Just trying to think where where I left off there. He, he's, he is there any doubt in your mind that the work yeah, needs okay. to be done? <clears throat> no, no, Gene. I, I, I think, I think it's good stuff. I think it is something we would want to consider. I just, like I said, I'm not sure it's what we want to consider right at this minute. Got it. Why do you feel like the work needs to be done? Well, I mean, you know, I think we do have a concern. We have a young family in terms of keeping our health 
uh, our health as a priority. Um, and also you mentioned about, you know, how this can impact the efficiency of our system. You know, we're, uh, we're not exactly tree huggers around here, but, uh, I don't like spending money with the utility company more than I have to, if that makes sense. You, um, you don't have but, stock you know, in Florida power and light. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, that that's those and, and that's why I'm saying this is something that I think, you know, I would absolutely be willing to consider, but uh yeah, probably more in the future than right now. Got it. Um is there any doubt in your mind about whether or not we're a good company to do this for you? Not not at all. No. You guys have why, always treated well, us well. Why do you feel we'd be a good company to choose for this type of work? I mean you're you're responsive i mean i mean look at you you know you're like a freaking ninja over here you know like every time you guys send somebody out here you guys dress to the t i love that you always treat my wife well if i'm not home um in fact the last technician who was out here like he loved my dog uh and that's you know i don't know i'm, I'm a believer that if my dog likes you i like you so that's a win for us um <laughs> besides that you you know i'm i'm a i'm like a local owned type guy and you guys are you guys have always been good to us so. I mean, no customer is going to say all that, but if they if they said two or three things, if they said two, like he's, he's stroking me here, right? Customers would typically go, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I see you guys in the neighborhood all the time. Um, you know, I mean, you said uh, that, that you guys are good company. I'll go, plus, you know that we're in over 10,000 homes a year, which means that we know the codes, the climates, the construction of the homes in the area. We know it works and we know what doesn't. Your job's not going to be a testing ground or a training lab. We're going to get done right the first time, which is going to save you time and money. We prioritize our warranty calls. So if anything ever goes wrong with this, you get a speed pass right to the front of the line, and you're not waiting overnight or over the weekend to get service. You get it right away. You know that we do drug testing and background checks, so the guys aren't going to be coked up or anything like that, which means that you, your belongings, your family, all that's safe. So, yeah, I agree with you. We're definitely the right company for the job. Level with me, Nate. How do you feel about the money? Well, if I'm leveling with Eugene, it's it's a lot, you know. There's there's an extra zero in there that uh, I wasn't expecting. Got it, got it. Do you have that much money? Well, that's a pretty personal question. You mean right now, in my wallet? Uh, do you have it? Well, you, I, I told you we're considering a house renovation, so yes, we do. Uh, but I'm not sure that I'm. Between you know the things that I have on my list of where I want the money to go and, and this right now, I feel conflicted. Got it. Perfect. Uh, so you just don't have the money for this right now. That's about as straight as I could put it. Perfect. Um, when do you think you have the money? Sheesh. Uh, uh, I mean, if we move forward with the house uh, and the things we want to do there, it's it's probably going to be a couple of years till we would get kind of back to a place of. Uh, you know, accessorizing. So you consider this accessorizing? Accessorizing in the way that uh, the system in its most essential form is doing what we need it to do. Yes. Yeah. Again, I'm going to say I didn't establish a need. If I'm talking about an IAQ package, they don't care right now. I have a long time ago, but if it's just about the money, I'm going to stay on the money, right? Got it. So it'll be maybe three years or so. Yeah, um, that sounds about on, about right. On a on a weekly basis, what do you think you could afford and still put syrup on the pancakes? 
um, 10, 15, 20 bucks a week. Shoot. My wife spends that in Starbucks. So yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> so you could do 20 bucks a week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that'd be a problem. All right. Initial right here and I'll take care of it for you. 20 bucks a week. 20 for what? For what you got there on the paper? Yeah. All that stuff. All of it. Just initial right 20 here. Bucks. What am I paying the rest of my life? That's the best part. You can pay it off whenever you want. Okay. Uh, sheesh, I wasn't really expecting you to say that. I know. So, great, isn't it? So you're saying that like everything here is $20 a week? Yes, sir. Hmm. Well, that kind of puts it in a bit of a different perspective for me. I agree with you. <laughs> just initial initial right here and i'll take care of it for you <laughs> you're making it hard gene <laughs> all right you know what i'll take you up on that 20 bucks a week let's do it initial right here and i'll take care of it okay sign sign so it's okay if we look at your credit right uh yeah sure that shouldn't be a problem just fill this out right here and let me know when you're done Okay. Nice and soft. So I'm good, gonna go man. get to work. So good. So, but 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 in like the butter. beginning of that, it was clear that I had not established a need, right? So I would have debriefed that call afterwards and went, "Where did I f up that they didn't care about what's going on or that it wasn't a priority? It wasn't urgent, right?" And so, um, can I give you guys an example of how to do that for your listeners? I know yeah, you know how. Let's go. But like, for instance, on a surge protector, let's just talk about a surge protector. So many guys just go out and try to sell the benefits of a surge protector and protecting everything in the house. I do it differently. I ask questions so the client can come to their own conclusion that something needs to be done. Once the client comes to their own conclusion that something needs to be done, most of my job is done. If I can just say as little as possible at from that point, then, then things will go fine. So on a surge protection system, I would look at a client if I was an electrician or an HVAC uh, contractor, and I'd go, Mr. Smith, why don't you have surge protection? They'd be like, I don't know. And I'll go, did you know that we get over a million cloud-to-ground lightning strikes a year here, and that when that happens, we get in-home surges? And did you know that when we get an in-home surge that your compressors and your motors can glow cherry red on the inside? Do you think that's good? This is the first time I'll wait. You think that's good? They're going to go, no. What do you suppose that does to the reliability of your system? Well, it reduces it. And how about the lifespan of the system? What do you think that does to it? Probably reduces that as well. Mr. Smith, have you ever purchased a new compressor before? No, I haven't. So you weren't aware that a new compressor is about $4,500 nowadays? No, I wasn't aware of that. Can you see now why all of our clients just get surge protection rather than replacing expensive compressors and motors, maybe even a whole new system? Now, I didn't, I didn't say anything to the client. I didn't talk at them. I didn't make one statement. If you guys rewind the tape, listeners, if you rewind the tape right now, just hit backspace or that 15 thing, second thing, like, <laughs> like four or five times, you'll hear that I didn't make a statement. I started everything with, did you know, were you aware? And 
I'm watching the client's body language at this stage of the game to see, am I getting head nodding? Did I get, am I seeing any signs of concern at all? That's when reading the client comes into play, right? But I've got to ask them these questions to enlighten them. And also it allows me to bypass their true false filter, right? We all have got this true false filter. Whenever you hear something, you decide right away, is it bullshit, (laughs) right? You guys got a bullshit meter, right? Well, when I ask you, did you know, or were you aware, you're not even thinking somebody's telling me something. I got to decide decision fatigue, whether or not it's real or not. I just go right around that and you accept it as truth and you're enlightened by it, right? So when I help a client get to a place in their mind where they feel like this is a challenge or a problem or I'm unprotected, once that that motivation is there to to figure out what the solution is for them, I'm 90% of the way there. I just got to not screw up, right? So if I've got a client that doesn't feel like it needs to be done right now, I need to go back to the beginning of my presentation and fix that because just trying to become a good objection handler is not going to serve me, all right? The best salespeople don't end up having many objections. So, Gene, does every presentation that you give, every every option that you present, every conversation that you have with a homeowner, are you always asking some form or variable of do you think this do you think this is needed or, or do you believe that you should have like are you always doing that? Whenever I get an objection, like I want to think about it. I need to turn that into the real objection that it is, which is a price objection. Because if it were free, they would just go ahead and do it, right? So um, ask your question one more time. Am I always what? Are you always like, are you always asking, Gene, do you do you feel like this is something that you need on your system? Or, got it, got it, got it. You yes, put it more eloquently yes. than I do. Absolutely. When, whenever, whenever they give me an I want to think about an objection, it's always do you really believe that any of this needs to be done? If I'm a technician, you, I'll show Nate, him the list. Nate, you were asking yeah. if he always presents information in question form, right? Because he was presenting. You know, I, I'm I'm specifically asking about that question. Do you believe yes. that this is something yes. on, that your system needs or that you want for your system? Gotcha. Yes, because I have like, to ask that question. Yeah, because, because otherwise the, I'm being rude. Right. Just right. trying to close you, and, them. That's right. I thought it's my job. I'm sorry, excuse the language, but as a salesperson, every sale you don't make, it's your fault. You got to take personal responsibility for it. They called you out there because they wanted it. And somewhere along the line, you either lost trust or didn't establish a need or weren't able to handle the questions that they had for you. Okay, so I have got to look at myself and I got to stop being effing selfish and just trying to close a deal when I screwed up back here. So I need to know, did I screw up in the beginning? That's why the line of question. I want to think about it. You want to think about it? Yeah, we need to think about it. You know, got it. Is there any doubt in your mind that the work needs to be done? No, there's not. Now I need them to justify it. If they give me an opinion, I need them to justify it because I'm calling bullshit right now. I'm going to go, why? Why do you feel like it needs to be done? They're going to have a hard time telling me. And then once they have a hard time telling me, I'm going to come in and support them. And I'm going to go, you're right. It is old. It's inefficient. The parts are hard to come by. When, when we find them, they're expensive, right? So I agree with you. It needs to be done. Is there any doubt in your mind about my ability to do the job right for you? No, there's not. Why, Gene? Well, because of this or that or the other thing. And then I'm going to give them three or four more features and benefits of doing business with my company. And then I'm going to get down to brass tacks and I'm going to go, how do you feel about the money? 
And that's when it's going to mm. come out. But remember, if you're a comfort advisor or something like that, there's something called burying the objection, right? When they finally come out with it's the price or the money, I'm going to go, ah, <laughs> I got it. So it's not so much that you needed to think about it. You already thought about it. It's the money. Now, why would I do that? Why would I bury that objection, Brian? You're saying why? Yet you would do it and why would you do it? Yeah. Why would I go, I got it. So it's not so much that you needed to think about it. You already thought about it. It's the money. Just exposing that it's not really the case. Well, and what can they not tell me again if I if I say oh, it's yeah. not so much that you need C- to think about Creating like it. a cognitive dissonance situation. Well, that's, I'm not that smart, Brian. I'm really, I don't even know what those <laughs> words mean. Well, okay. so you're getting them to say they don't really need to think about it. So now they can't say later, I need to think about it. And so that later I can go, when they say I want to think about it again, I can go, hey, Brian, do you remember earlier when you said it wasn't so much that you needed to think about it, you already thought about it, it was the money. Would it be all right if I tried to help handle that with you? Yeah. So good. Right? Keep it on the issue, and it keeps them from being able to go back to a former I want to think about it. But if you don't bury I want to think about it, you're effed. Right. You got to go. Oh, okay. Got it. So it, it, it wasn't really so much that you needed to think about it. You thought about it. It's the money. Can you say more about that? <laughs> and now they're going to say more about what it is about the money. That's a problem for them. And then I'll know how to handle it. Right. Again, Damn. this is why I said, Nate, if you listen to a client, they'll tell you how to close. So good, Gene. And, and I would love to stay here even longer and, and dig in deeper, but Time is slipping away from us. And I did want to get to the place where we're talking about the mature techs. So as you've gone across the country and you've met with high producers and hyper performers and, you know, five, six, seven, eight million dollar a year guys and, and beyond, I'm sure you're coming across some of those guys who are who are super good. Like they have so much ready to go. They're they got a great process, they're dialed in, they know exactly what they're doing, but they just need kind of that that last little edge. You know, the, the difference between being first place at the Olympics and being fifth fifth place at the Olympics, you know, we might be talking about a, a thousandth of a second, you know, a tenth of a second, but there's something there that's just not quite enough to get you across that finish line. Talk to those people out there who are already real dialed in and they're just looking for one more thing to say, here we go. <laughs> so I love this topic. It's one of my favorites. Um, because top performers out there, and I'm going to classify, I'm not going to say top performers. Um, I'm going to classify like top performers as people that are doing 5 million or more. Okay. I'm going to talk to the guys that are doing two, 3 million a year right now. Right. Um, that m- might aspire to do more than that. And I'm not going to talk to the cocky guys right now. Th- think that their crap doesn't stink. Right. I, I still need to learn every single day. I need to learn. I need to become better. So when you stop growing, guys, you're dying, right? So please open up your ears and just listen to a couple of things here because this is super important. This could add another million dollars or $2 million a year to your existing revenue right now. I literally take guys that are doing two and a half, two point seven, 2.7, and I'll literally double their sales within a year, okay? Stop selling value, okay? Make sure... That the client does feel like that there's a need, but when you're when you're sharing about why somebody should do business with you, for instance, if we got all the way down to the the point, Nate, where you were like, "Hey, Gene, yeah, it's a lot of money," and I went, 
do you have that much money? And you're like, yeah, I do. But my neighbor got one for five grand cheaper. And so I need to compare apples to apples. This is where the, the top performers sometimes get hung up. I'll go, got it, Nate, that's not a problem. Before I take off, would you like to know why more people choose us for this type of work, regardless of any difference in price? I'm going to get permission to share with them why we're more money. Right? This is huge. When you get permission, they'll open up and they'll listen to you. But if you just try to jam it down their throat, you're going to be screwed, right? If they say, if I got, if I'm quoting 20 grand and they're, they're at 15 grand, my neighbor got one for 15 grand. Got it. Would you like to know why more people invest $20,000 in a new home comfort system with us when they can get a furnace and air conditioner down the street for 15 grand? Yes, I'd like to know. Now you're going to hit, hit them with features of the company, but not just features. This is where, this is where the, the, the better guys are messing up. They're saying stuff like, we're in over 10,000 homes a year and they're expecting that to work. We do drug testing. We do criminal background checks. We prioritize warranty calls. We have a no lemon guarantee. Congratulations. You're, you're spitting out features. Features are not what sells. It's the benefit that the customer receives by having that feature built into the company. Okay. So if I say we prioritize warranty calls, I've got to let them know what that means. Otherwise, they're free to make it mean whatever their brain decides it's going to mean, and you don't know what that is, right? So I'll go, we prioritize warranty calls. Most companies only run warranty calls Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 o'clock. But when you use us, you get a speed pass to the front of the line, and you get service right away. Boy, do you think I might pay a little bit more for that? We, our technicians are, are all criminally background checked nationwide. Were you aware that the number one and number two trades being taught in the prisons today are plumbing and air conditioning? But with our company, <laughs> you, your, your, your family, and all of your belongings are safe, right? We're in over 10,000 homes a year, which means that we know the codes and the climates and the construction. Your house is not going to be a testing ground or a training lab. We do this all the time, and it gets done right. Like 99.9% .9 of the time, like that, okay? Like I got to share the benefits of doing business with them. We have a no lemon guarantee, which means that if in the first five years, which you hear me saying, which means that in the first five years, if anything goes wrong with your compressor or your heat exchanger, we don't just replace those parts, we replace the entire piece of equipment, which is going to give you you know, peace of mind. I'm going to hit, and guys, you need to have at least... 12 of these locked, cocked, and ready to rock, right? Because normally around seven or eight features and benefits when I'm doing this with the client is where they stop me and they go, Gene, we see the difference. Let's go ahead and do this with you. And if they don't, if I'm able to get to 12, and by the way, I've got 35 of these ready to go. I've never been able to get through all 35 and not close a deal, <laughs> right? <laughs> Most of the time they stop me at seven or eight. But if I get to 12 and I don't have any more, I'm going to do a trial close, Nate. And I'm going to go, Nate, can you see now why more people choose us for this type of work, regardless of any difference in price? And if he says, yes, I'm closing, I'm going to go, and do you want us to take care of it for you then? Yep. Nod, like a mofo, like a bobblehead, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's what, the, that's what I'm seeing around the country is missing from the guys that are doing two to three million, and it's keeping them from getting to five, six, seven, eight million dollars. And I've coached 
these eight million, nine million dollar guys to get there. So yeah. best answer I can give you, Nate. So Gene, what about the ridiculous? Okay. So I mean, we're it's it's no no surprise we've talked about it on our show before. Many of other people have talked about tough times in the HVAC industry in 2023, right? So there's a lot of price cutting going on out there. A lot of I just need the work type pricing being put out there. So, uh, you know, hey, Gene, hey, man, I appreciate what you're bringing here. Like, there's a lot of good stuff, man. But, dude, the guy I had in here last time, he is literally half. He is half of your price. Do you still bring back all those features and benefits? Because, like, at some at some point, all the features and benefits in the world, if I'm getting like-for-like like product, it's it's a lot harder to overcome that, right? I mean, if somebody cut themselves at the knees just to get the job, just to keep a guy busy, and they're they're not even making money on that job, is there a way of overcoming that, or is that a lost cause? Of course, there's there's always a way of overcoming it. Doesn't mean that you're going to close every deal. Like I'd like to think I'm going to close every deal. Like eighty five percent of the people in the world, statistically, from what I've read by based on perceived value and 15, 14% by solely on price. Um, that being said, I've closed those people too, right? Um, but yes, features and benefits is a huge, huge part of that. Um, but I would say based on what you're talking about right now, like just word to contractors and owners out there, my personal opinion and some of the other mentors that I have is that right now in 2023 going into 2024, you really better strengthen your, the service side of your business, okay? Because the banks have tightened up and they're going to tighten up more and there are going to be people that they will not approve for twenty dollars or $25,000 anymore. You're going to want to look at leasing programs. Those are going to help a lot, right? But you, you want to make sure that you're able to get your service department as strong and as profitable as possible right now because some people are going to get wiped out who have got 80, 90% of their revenue that's coming from replacements. This shit can happen overnight, guys. I saw it in 2008 when I was in business. Everything changed literally in the matter of a couple of days, right? So, um, but bro, like the only other, the only way to handle that is with features and benefits and creating doubt. That's a big, big thing. Like, um, also, finding out, is price your only concern? That's a good question. If somebody's questioning the price, is price your only concern? How would you so respond Jim, to before that? You, before, you, before you jump into that, like when you say creating doubt, are you talking about bad-mouthing the competition? No way. No way, Jose. I would never, ever, ever do that, right? But I'm going to create doubt, right? Um, a, a, a real real amateur way to do it is I'm sure you guys have heard this is, well, what are they not doing that we are doing? That's yeah, not going right. to work. Okay. That's never going to work. Right. But you do have to create doubt about doing business with somebody else. Would you like to know why more people choose us for this type of work, regardless of any difference in price? When I do that and I can list off 30 different reasons that people choose us as opposed to other people that is creating doubt, Right. When I say all of our guys are background checked, did you know that the number one and number two trades being taught in the prisons today are plumbing and air conditioning? But with us, you, your home, and your family and your belongings are safe, right? I'm creating doubt about doing business with other people, and and chances are pretty good 
that people that um, are working for those lower numbers could potentially be in that category. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the case. Right. I'm creating a fear of doing business like home warranty companies. Like I want to create a fear of what that process looks like while I'm out there. Right. I, I've got a home warranty company. First of all, I would talk to the home warranty company, but I'm going to describe the process, the lengthy process that takes about three weeks of getting your shit fixed as opposed to me being able to do it right now. So you've got to create doubt about doing business with other people. When was the last time that you bought something that was the best quality product came with the best service and warranties all at the cheapest price. When was the last time? Love that. Are Love you that the type question. Of, and then, and then how about this? How about just asking a customer flat out, since we know that 85% of people buy based on value, how about asking them is price your only concern or how about this? You don't want the cheapest do you. Mm. And look at them like a dog with their head sideways. Like I, I when I heard that, from a, a lady in, in Dallas, Texas, uh, names Tiffany. Like she has, she owns a med spa and like people come in and they're like, Oh my God, your prices are three times higher than everybody else. She goes, well, honey, you didn't want the cheapest. Did you <laughs> like, and immediately people flip, right? Do you it, always buy Gina, the cheapest stuff? Right. It, it, do you ever, do you ever concede that the price, um, is very attractive. Like, wow, that's, that's an extremely aggressive price or, or like, does that, does any form of that ever enter the conversation? No, no, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about concerned. what's not going to happen. I'm concerned about the people that are going to show up. I'm concerned about what training or lack of training they have there to protect the customer. I'm concerned about whether or not they're going to have the proper insurances and proper licenses. And they're actually going to have guys that are, you know, not, not like didn't just show up today and don't have workers compensation insurance. Like, uh, like those are my concerns for the client because I just know that there's no effing way that somebody can come in and do something half the price of me and make any money at all. When I look at, you know, my companies have been the highest price companies in my markets and, and I'm struggling to make a 20% net sometimes, right? How are they doing some shit for half as much as me and actually going to be able to service the client in the future? It's not going to happen. Though You guys need to get it through your heads that the guys that are off, out there offering stuff half as much as you are in serious trouble. They're in serious trouble, and it might not be this year. It might not be next year, but those guys will have big financial problems, and they will get bought out by somebody else, and everything will be restructured. There, there's no free lunch. There's absolutely no free lunch. And if you're looking to go to a company that's got cheaper prices um, so that you can be more successful, I promise you, you will not be. It doesn't matter. If if you can't sell a furnace for 10000 you cannot sell one for five. I'm just telling you. That's how it is. And um, these are very basic principles that you need to learn. Guys, it is, easier to, it is easier to learn sales, in my opinion, than it is to learn the technical side of our trade. I really, truly believe that. Yeah, if you, um, but the challenge is you actually have to learn it. And most people think it happens by osmosis or you're either born with it or you're not born with it. But you, you will have to study and learn and be taught 
why we, we you promote need resources like the yes. waste no day podcast, like lead ninja, like so many, um, like for real. And we talk about it all the time on here that you should be spending money investing in yourself, in your presentation. You should be spending money with someone who teaches people how to present because it, it fast forwards your career without fast forwarding the time it takes to get there. And for the most part, most people aren't going to get there on their own. They're just not going to. No, sir. I didn't. I didn't. I'm, I'm not somebody who's super, super smart, guys. I'm really only good at a couple things, and this is one of them. But I've studied the shit out of it, and I, and I geek out about it. But you're 100% right, brother. We, we need people to help us to, to, to compress time. And I'd rather learn from somebody else's mistakes than to have to go through the heartache and pain of making my own. So that's why I said in the beginning, when I'm looking for people, I want people that are humble and I want people that are hungry. If they're humble and hungry, that means they'll listen and I can have a lasting impact on them. And guys, until you have taught somebody how to fish and watched the the scene and felt the joy that comes from a transformation in somebody's life, you have not lived, okay? You don't you don't know sales until you begin to teach it. So if you are a three or four or five million dollar sales guy out there, don't be selfish. Share yourself. Share what you're doing with your people. Pour into other people, and I promise you, you'll see your sales numbers go up. So uh, certainly, what we want to talk about how people can get in contact with you and get that proper training that you speak of, and that you so graciously now three different times have come on the show and shared for free. And this is literally is for our trades world class training for free to the point that after you came on the first time. Nate and I and the management team uh, we were part of in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, paid a, a handsome sum to have you come in and train our people. And well, not it was one a person, over fifty thousand. Yep, not one person at would, the time would take that back. Um, and to the point that your second episode, the the uh, jargon episode of Waste No Day, is required required as part of my training for any new tech <laughs> dude because that's awesome. the, the main thing is the main point that was made on that episode that we just went hammered over and over and over was do not call the product what it is call it what it does for the client and it's that's such a big part of any professional high producer's life um the breathe easy package he's showing us a cup right now his, his Yeti is a breathe easy, and that's what he calls IAQ packages for those in the HVAC world. But before we get there, you talked about, um, you know, it's a, it is a little bit tougher times in, in the industry across the board, but certainly HVAC is getting hit the hardest. Um, yeah. And I know we, we love to talk about innovating on this show, and we love seeing new innovations, and you are part of a small but uh hopefully impactful movement in the trades right now that are talking about uh why don't you why don't you tell us what you're talking about but moving moving certain parts of the business toward uh a new innovation in this in this space yeah and and you're right right now it is small because most people have never ever heard about what you're you're talking about right now and and what Brian's talking about is that Lead Ninja, my company, has got a conversational artificial intelligence. And so, um, Nate, I know you haven't been prepped on this at all, but imagine a world where I am programmed into a robot who has a voice that sounds phenomenal. 
And I take all of my knowledge that's up here in my brain and I put it into its brain and it's able to dial out to existing customers of HVAC plumbing electrical clients. And it's able to outbound to existing clients to book them on the schedule for maintenance and tune-ups, right? And imagine a world where it could work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if I wanted to book the schedule right now, I could make one call or I could make a thousand calls all at the same time. And within five minutes, have my schedule completely booked. That's, wow. that's, that's, the, first, that's the first module that we're, we, we, we've almost got completely done right now. And we are testing it with clients right now. So it's making outbound telephone calls to existing clients booking maintenance for them and bringing those customers in so that we can sell them maintenance agreements. We can help them with IAQ replacement systems, water treatment, electrical panels, all that other stuff. So it's a conversational AI that will call your clients and I can call 10,000 of them all in 10 minutes if I want. Like it's never been able to be done before. Um, and uh, so that's module number one that we've, we've, we've built the next one that we're working on right now is to handle the inbound calls from eliminating the answering service challenges that a lot of us have. Like imagine where a robot can just handle all that and it sounds like a human and it can book things on your schedule and everything can be completely automated. And you don't have to worry about having an answering service that sounds like on one call sounds wonderful and on the next call sounds like Lurch from the Adams family. <laughs> that was what I was dealing with. That was what I was dealing with with my company. So we're handling outbound calling. We're handling inbound calling, all with artificial intelligence, all synced to calendars, all synced through Service Titan, House Call Pro, whatever it is, high level. And, and we're literally making outbound and inbound calls. Um, we're twice as effective already, twice the conversion rate of some of the best outbound sales teams out there. And wow. one-fifth one of the cost. So when wow. we talk about things getting, t t when we talk about things, Nate, getting tighter or harder in this industry for business owners specifically, this is going to be a way to reposition certain people in your company to do other tasks that maybe aren't being done right now and plug in an intelligence that can do a job twice as good as them for one fifth of the cost. Okay. So, so you say it's one fifth the cost, Gene, um, but you know, depending on the size of the company, depending on how many calls we need booked, like that kind of thing, inbound, outbound, what kind of cost are we talking about? Really good question. So um, he, he, here's an example. So there's an upfront cost, right? Um, and, and the upfront cost would be essentially, it's all my intellectual property, right? I'm programming Gene Slade and Lead Ninja and every bit of training I've ever written or trained with trained any human to do. And I'm putting it inside of this artificial intelligence and it can duplicate itself as many times as we need to. So I can have a thousand agents making telephone calls. Right. So from a it's price getting perspective, scary now, buddy, it is. <laughs> I'm seeing Dude, flashes this, of Terminator two over here. I didn't sleep for probably a week when I first encountered the technology and decide to put it to work like it terrified the shit out of me but i i'm not scared of it anymore um but from a money perspective right now it's 12 cents a minute on outbound calling so if i have an agent representing one human being 
talking for 60 minutes or 60 minutes out of an hour, like constant talk time, no dead silence, no dead air, right? Um, I'm looking at just a little bit less than seven bucks an hour. Okay. (laughs) For something that I program once and it doesn't make mistakes, but if it makes a mistake, if I can break it, I can fix it with ones and zeros and it never makes that mistake again. I don't have to double, triple, quadruple train people. I don't have to constantly recruit and hire and train, recruit and hire and train, right? How much do we have to pay for their health insurance? You didn't mention that part. (laughs) Zero, zero. There's no baby mama or baby daddy drama. It doesn't need a smoke break. It doesn't need to go pee. It doesn't call in sick. It doesn't need holidays. There's no employment insurance or no insurance on it. No workers comp, none of that stuff. Um, So, but cost wise, so the outbound is 12 cents a minute inbound is like 32 cents a minute. So it's like 17 bucks an hour for if it's talking 60 minutes out of the hour, handling your telephone calls. Wow. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So how much does that one person cost you? If you've got two or three of them, it's probably costing you 40, 50 grand a year for that person. By the time you look at benefits and the taxes and all the other stuff, right? So, um, from a operational standpoint, it's phenomenally cheap, phenomenally cheap. Um, and I can get anybody a license to program it themselves. If you want to hire computer programs and stuff like that, I can give you a license for free. You, you want to come through me because I hold a master license. And if you don't come through me, then you're going to be dealing with not having priority on servers and things like that, which will create latency. It'll create lags and you don't want that. But anywhere from free to over a hundred grand, depending on the package, right? Um, but in order to really justify that, we would need to go beyond what we're doing with just outbound and inbound, right? We would want to talk about um, the fact that we're we created or creating a review module where after the technician leaves, CRM notifies AI and automatically it calls the client. It does some survey questions. And then it asks them on a scale of one to five, how would you rate our service and why? And if it gives us a five, we take the snippet of whatever they said, their own words, text it over to them, text them the link. They, all they got to do is copy and paste now and the review is done. Okay. Um, now, Nate, before you get too excited, I, I see you getting excited over there and I know it's late, but imagine a world where we had a sales follow-up bot. I've been teaching people to do this for years. It calls your customers up and goes, hey, this is Gene with one hour heating and air conditioning. Just had a couple of questions for you about the survey or about the the work that was done um, earlier on part of the quality control team. Did they show up on time? Did they call you half an hour prior to arrival? Did they explain everything in a way that's super crystal clear? You you understood it all. Got it. Before I let you go, I saw there's some stuff on the job that, that, that you decided not to do. Would you mind sharing with us why? They always tell us over the phone. Now I just put in my other scripts and it closes them right now, sends a finance paperwork and we schedule a job. Man, that's crazy, Gene. That's, that's, that's exciting stuff. In my mind, you know, everything that you talk from a concept level sounds incredible and absolutely revolutionary. Where is it, is it possible for somebody who's interested in this to get a demo? Because, you know, the one thing that stands out to me is, I've heard some bad AI, I've heard some bad experiences with AI, and that's a great way to really tick off a bunch of your customers. So it needs to be dialed in, 
And for that to ring true to me, I need to hear it in action. So is there a way that people can get a demo of this? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I can have it call anybody that I want as long as I have their cell phone, their email, and their their name, right? So w- there's a couple ways to do that. Number one, we've got recorded calls that are real calls that we literally have put on my Facebook page and I can send people, right? So you can actually hear it having conversations. One of the conversations recently, Nate, before the customer let the AI off the, AI off the phone, <laughs> I'm going to die here. And the AI goes, I, I've got a question for you before I let you go. And the AI goes, go ahead. I'd love to answer any question you can help. You need help with. And he goes, it's about your eternity. He says, I was wondering if you were to leave this earth today, do you know if you'd go to heaven or hell? <laughs> and, and, and the AI didn't really understand at first. And he goes, uh, could, could you please add a little bit more context to your, to your, to your question. And once it understood what it was saying, it went, Oh, Dale, I understand exactly what you're talking about. If I left this earth today, I don't have a preference for where I would go. It's a topic that's up to, um, you know, personal beliefs and something else. (laughs) And, and the guy goes, well, I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you and he died on the cross for you. And, and, and it went, you know, Dale, we really, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the sentiment. Is there anything else that I can help you with about your furnace tune-up today? He goes, no, that was all. He goes, have a great day, Dale. And he let him go. <laughs> like, it's phenomenal. And the coolest thing is that it's better on the next call, on the next call, on the next call, on the next call. So I need people to help me break it. We're in the process of trying to break it every day. Um, and so for all of you that are skeptical about AI, um, number one, I can tell you it is a bitch. <laughs> it's tough. I would not try to program it myself. I'm just telling you that right now. I would go with somebody who's been programming it like we have been. But once it's done, once it's fixed, once it's locked in, it is an absolute game changer. And I've got a question that I would just ask you to ask yourself. Is this something that's going away? No, absolutely not. If it's not something that's going away and you're going to eventually have to jump on it to try to keep up with your competition, why would you not stay ahead of your competition, even if the road was a little bumpy? Fair question, Gene. So if I am interested, where's the best place to go to learn more about? uh, Do you have a name for this product? Yeah, well, right now we're calling it Lead Ninja AI. Some people suggested some other names, right? Mainly my wife. She's like, call Gene AI. I'm like, no, call Brittany AI. No. <laughs> right? <laughs> but right now you can go to um you can the best way actually is to just text me. Um I'll give you my cell phone number right now for anybody that wants to text me. And yes, this is my personal cell. It's two three nine eight four eight six five three three. I'll give it one more time. Two three nine eight four eight six five three three. You can also go to a landing page that we created that's leadninjaai.com, leadninjaai.com. I'm hoping I'm giving that right. I really, I'm praying that I'm giving that right. (laughs) Well, Gene, I know that that's a a new and upcoming portion of what you do, uh, but you've dropped so many pearls for us today in terms of sales and sales acumen and everything that goes into that. And of course, that is the originator of what you have been doing for the past so many years. Yes, sir. if people are interested in that, uh, you know, explain, do you do one-on-one coaching? Is that a business only model? What does that look like? And, and how do we make connection there? There, there are a variety of products, Nate, again, everything from free to, 
on sites that can be six figures. Um, best way to find out about that is again, just text me two, three, nine, eight, four, eight, six, five, three, three. Um, I'm not, I'm not concerned about giving out my personal cell phone number. Um, that's why God created a block button. If you're a jerk, I block you. Right. <laughs> Otherwise text me and call me and let's talk. And if, if I don't have the time to have that conversation with you, I'll put one of my team members on it and, um, and they'll, they'll show you what we have available for you. And when you do that, uh, make sure that you let Gene know that you heard about it here. So that's a good yeah. feedback loop for all of for us. For sure. Yeah, because he's gonna, I, he's gonna. If we get enough, he's gonna give us the AI bot to use at our companies, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, guys, um, you've done a lot for me, and so this is a conversation I would love to have with you guys personally because you've been so kind to me. So if you guys have got any interest in that at all, and I'm sure that you do, um, let's text after this conversation and let me give back to you. Great. Is that fair? What it is fair, Gene, and you've already done that for us and so many of our listeners. It's been great to have you on today. We really appreciate everything that you brought to us. Just a really a a solid refresher uh, for some who've already heard you or a mind-blowing experience for some people who haven't. It's always good to have you on, and we appreciate what you've done today. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Hey, tell Brittany we said hello. Good talking to you, Gene. Will do, sir. That's a wrap for today's show. Always good to hear from Gene. It's been a while, and man, was I uh, forgetting how good he is. And just so much of the content, the the questions, the the mirroring, the 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 tonality, everything is so developed and so just dialed in. He makes it smooth like butter, and yet it has taken him years to get there. But that is a service that he offers, and something that we recommend you check out. Uh, and if not, at least put into practice the, the, the stuff that he talked about today. So good there. And of course, uh, we love bringing you great content. Let us know what you thought about this episode, as we always are looking to hear from your feedback and what you enjoyed. And of course, we want to leave you now with our weekly challenge, which remains the same, to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day. <laughs> <laughs>